You're listening to SBS News. It's been almost a year now since Russia invaded Ukraine and there are no signs Moscow is slowing down. In the past day, Ukrainian forces have repelled Russian attacks in one settlement of the Kharkiv region, around five settlements in the Luhansk region and six settlements in Donetsk. And in the eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut, they're coming under heavy artillery fire. Positions in Bakhmut have been fortified and only people with a military role are being allowed in, while any civilians who still want to leave the city are being told to brave the incoming fire. This unnamed soldier is currently serving in the 79th Air Assault Brigade. The enemy's artillery and mortar attacks have increased. Previously there were a couple of attacks a day, but now there are more than 10 attacks a day. Artillery is working harder than the enemy's infantry. But the soldier says Ukrainian forces are holding their own and that Russia has made no territorial gains at the front line in the Donetsk region where it's based. According to my friends who serve in Bakhmut, the situation is such that Russian troops can advance for one day, then Ukrainian soldiers knock them out of these positions. There is no such thing as the enemy being able to gain a hold and dig in new positions. Our soldiers do not allow them to gain a hold in Bakhmut. As both forces dig in, Kyiv has maintained its pleas with Western allies for greater firepower and to maintain existing military supplies, including shells, whose production can hardly keep pace with the war. At a NATO meeting in Brussels, the bloc's secretary-general Jens Stoltenberg says Ukraine can count on the alliance. Putin made uh, two big strategic mistakes. He underestimated the strength and the bravery of the people of Ukraine and its armed forces, and he underestimated the unity and resolve of NATO and uh, partners. NATO allies are providing unprecedented support to Ukraine to uh, help uphold its right of self-defense. And from the start, we have been working very closely with the European Union, determined to support Ukraine for as long as it takes. But unanimous agreement on that score isn't guaranteed. Germany appears unwilling to supply fighter jets to strengthen Ukraine's aerial position, with Defence Minister Boris Pistorius saying he does not see that as a focus, at least for the moment. Poland appears more willing. Polish Defence Minister Mariusz Blaszczak says Ukrainian soldiers are already being trained in Poland and will be ready to operate Leopard tanks by mid-March. And he says they're close to an agreement on sending Ukraine some jets. We are aware that our potential in this field is limited. We only have 48 F-16s, but the Allies have much more potential. I think this conversation will also end with positive decisions. We just have to apply pressure on allies. Meanwhile, as the one-year anniversary of the war looms, Russian President Vladimir Putin is proving to be stubborn. Even as Russian and Ukrainian teams complete rescue operations and damage assessments in earthquake-stricken Syria and Turkey and send substantial aid to the survivors, Putin has appeared eager to show he's putting distance between Moscow and the rest of Europe. He's told an annual meeting of judges that decisions taken by the European Court of Human Rights will no longer be recognised by Moscow. 
Certain verdicts of this court of the ECHR have become overtly politicized. Even though this has already been happening for quite a long time, recently it has acquired an absolutely unacceptable character. And bias, partiality, no matter how they are justified, are absolutely unacceptable for the judiciary in any case. Therefore, federal laws were adopted, in accordance with which the decisions of the ECHR that entered into force after March 15, 2022, are not enforceable in Russia. Russia has also not yet responded to a report alleging scores of Ukrainian children have been forcibly relocated and in some cases forcibly adopted. A new report by Yale University researchers has identified at least 43 camps and other facilities where Ukrainian children have been held since last year. U.S. State Department spokesperson Ned Price says the practice appears to be widespread. In many cases, Russia purported to temporarily evacuate children in Ukraine under the guise of a free summer camp, only to later refuse to return the children and to cut off all contact with their families. Such actions obviously will have serious long-term implications on these children's development. The network of facilities which these children are sent is vast, spanning from Russia-occupied Crimea, across Russia itself, from the Black Sea region to its far east. Children are also uppermost in the minds of many Ukrainian soldiers. For those who are yet to start a family, some have begun turning to fertility clinics to freeze their sperm, uncertain if they'll return from the front lines. Helena Strelko is the head doctor of fertility clinic IVMed. In fact, no one is talking about it now. But when this is all over, we will have a very terrible demographic problem. Now everyone pretends that everything is fine, but I don't even know how to solve it. Deborah Grok, SBS News.